0: This might sound a little crazy, but that was the question for my thesis when I was in graduate school. What is the experience of feeling alive, you know, feeling hyphen alive? And it was a, a, a heuristic research uh, approach, which meant just means that I involved myself in the research. And I called the, the people that I spoke with, co-researchers. And I was so taken aback because not, not that people would tell me what it meant for them to feel alive, but how much time in their life they told me when they didn't feel alive.
1: This is Beyond the Buck. I'm your host, Aaron Wogelinter. Join me every week to explore the lives and inspiration beyond some of the greatest Jewish books as we speak with great Jewish authors. This podcast is a project of the Intentional Jew Podcast Network. Check it out on intentionaljew.com. I have today with me an awesome guest, Rabbi Shemishin Meyer Frankel who is a clinical psychologist with experience in helping others navigate their relationships with their families and with their selves. And I got to him through the fact that he just wrote a book called The Wisdom of Getting Unstuck, also published by Mosaica Press. It is a guidebook to how to emerge from and avoid the muddy middle. We talk about today just a great flow of conversation about addictions and how he sees finding your own voice through Tehillim and David Amalekh and ultimately how to get unstuck and some of that wisdom too. I particularly like this episode of just talking to Rabbi Frankel because I feel like we all get stuck, and this is relevant to everybody. And whether you're successful or not yet successful, you don't feel like you're successful. Everyone gets stuck, and it's just super important to realize that the Torah we learn and the life we live is there um, to help us, but also to help us get unstuck and to get us out of our ruts and to get us. Uh, moving forward. So this is an inspiration for anybody, no matter where they're at, um, at any point in their journey. This is a really, uh, really cool episode. And Robert Frankel is a really awesome uh, author and an awesome person. And I really enjoyed being able to sit down with him and talk to him about this stuff. So if you want to order the book and you like what you hear here, so then please... Check out the show notes. We have an Amazon link, and you can also order it always through Mosaic Press and use code BEYOND10 to get 10% off your order. So without further ado, I bring you Rabbi Shimshon, Mayor Frankel. Enjoy.
0: So for me, uh, it's definitely hard for me to see a distinction between if we were going to put in categories, psychology versus Torah,
1: You see them as one?
0: For me. For me, they're one. That's what got me interested in Torah in the first place. Um, I spent a lot of years learning psychology, learning about ideas, um, about uh, the human condition. And uh, when I found Torah. I felt like, wow, I've, I've found the best uh, psychology textbook I could ever get my hands on.
1: Were you, were you practicing already before you started um, learning Torah? And-
0: yes, I was already practicing. Right, and I think intuitively, I, I was doing pretty well. Uh, where I went to graduate school, there was sort of this expectation that, well, they had this mantra, and we said it all the time, you can't move anyone further than you've moved yourself. So we had to work on ourselves, and we were, we were tested, and we sat in circles, and we questioned one another, and we really dug into each other and in ourselves. And I, I, would, I would call that time period for me, uh, I think, a time of God consciousness. Um, I always had a relationship with the Kodesh Baruch Ever since I was little, I was always in conversation, um, which we call davening today. Um, and if,
1: if we can make davening into a conversation, then we...
0: <laughs> right. Well, that's a big goal of mine. Uh, where I live in Zichwin Yaakov, there's uh, someone who I call it Sadik, that he's a role model for me in that, in that way. He, and he's an interesting guy because he's very quiet. Uh, he is a Talmud Chacham, but he—he you know, he runs a store. Like he, they have office supplies, and kids get, go there to get their school supplies and things like that. He also has a copy machine, and you know, and it's just in our, basically in our building. Uh, and he's also a fix-it man. He can fix basically anything, uh, build anything. And uh, what I noticed. Uh, I had noticed this a number of times, but I invited him over to help build my shed. And this Keter shed, you know, outdoor shed, and he... I
1: was going to say, it's either Keter or Ikea if you have somebody else <coughs> <to> build it. <laughs> right,
0: right. And it, and it was nice because you know, we did it together, and I got to observe how he goes about things. And I noticed right away that every step he takes, everywhere he puts his hands, and every movement, every action, he speaks it out talks to a shop. he says, okay, you know, now we're going to do this. Okay, let's, let's screw this in, okay, all right, oh, well, that's a little stuck there, okay, let's bring this over here, put a little tack there, okay, and I observed this, and then I saw him coming to shul, and where we were davening was on the on the top floor, so there were many stairs to arrive there, and I watched him speaking to Hashem, all the way up the stairs. And I thought to myself, what a model. Yeah, what a model for what it means to be a true, Evid Hashem and be constantly, you know, should we see Hashem, the negni tummy? Uh, I get to shul and it's even written there on the bima, Right. <laughs> <laughs> so he's, uh, yeah. If yeah.
1: we can accomplish that through our tefillah, at least but you're saying it's even even more than that if you could live like that with the Shibisi.
0: Yeah. Uh, and I know coming from the West, you know, it looks a little funny to be talking to yourself at the bus station. You know, uh, Why would I just be waiting at the bus? Why wouldn't I say, you know, oh, I need to get to this appointment. I've got this podcast to go to. I have, I, 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 I have a time limit. Please bring me the bus. And on time. And that way, we're not relying on a nace. right? That things are just gonna, con- you know, just work, just right? work the way they normally do. You yeah, know, I I understand how important it is to rely on structure, but some things are out of our hands, so let's put them in the hands of Kodesh Barucho. So let's go back. So. That time of God consciousness was very important to me. I I read a book uh, on Kabbalah; that was very interesting. Um, It just blew my mind because I grew up Reform, and uh, my Reform rabbi told us that that God had created the world and us, and then He left. He went up there somewhere, and I. uh, Oh, but don't worry; He gave us all the tools. all the skills that we need to, to do it on our own to do it on our own to get through things. And uh, when I saw this and read this book on Kabbalah, um, it blew my mind. I, it's, it's just so deep and spiritual and philosophical, and uh, it really piqued, piqued an interest for me. Um, so, what does a person like that do? They, they, of course, realize that they should be learning. I should be learning Toyota. So you know where I went? I went back to the Reformed Temple because they had evening adult classes. And they had a class called Introduction to Kabbalah and one called Mishnah, which I didn't even know what that was. (laughs) And I walked in there. I walked into this classroom. And at the top of the stairs was standing a seven-foot-tall Chabad rabbi. And I'm not exaggerating, seven feet and I remember that moment. I had this sigh of relief. Like, huh, home. Cool. Yeah, so we, we learned uh, the Tanya in that class, uh, which was, I think, about a semester long. And then I then started going to his house on Sunday nights. And um, we learned Chum- Humish and Tanya. Um, I did that for a couple of years uh, without making any real changes. But, and it, you know, a lot of it has to do with the educator in terms of the, uh, the change in, right? in the material that's being taught. You know, you, you need somebody to be able to talk to you at your level. And, and what he was able to do for me was he was able to answer questions that I had. And then he was able to answer questions that I didn't know I was even supposed to have. And that's really what did it. Is. There's no, no limit to this. Yeah. So from that point on, I guess I had always seen it as my mission to find all uh, the guiding principles and tools, uh, psychological tools that I could find that, uh, that Hashem's Torah has to offer.
1: Is it, do you still use the Tanya or is that, was that a jumping board? Yeah,
0: that was a, I'd say a jumping board for me. Um, I didn't really stick with Chabad. Um, yeah, I guess I'm Chabad friendly. i I appreciate them. I've, I've learned a bit and uh, I have my own sort of take on, uh, the, the learning. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm sure some people might disagree with me, but I think that Chabad really gives it away. I mean, Calling it Labovitch confuses things. Chabad, you know, the Chochmah Bin Adas thing, to me, is saying, well, if my mind is also, is always in the realm of Chochmah Bin Adas, well, then I'll just always be on the right path. Nothing else can enter, get in the way. Nothing can block me. Um, and that's a bit of what I wanted to talk about today, about what it means... Um, to get stuck and also how to get unstuck and, and move forward. You know, just getting unstuck doesn't always mean that we're striding forward. Um,
1: Okay. Well, let's start there. What do you mean? Wouldn't, wouldn't that be the natural assumption that if you're getting unstuck, you're
0: progressing. That is the natural assumption, but I find it's just not true. Most people, most people go through life not going to a psych, psychologist. Right? They just get through, they push through, they move on, and the life is cyclical in that way, meaning I can find myself stumbling, tripping, getting stuck over and over again. And for some reason, I'm capable of getting myself cleverly out of it over and over again, but does that, really mean i'm not gonna fall into it again
1: i understand you can move forward without you can move move on without moving forward maybe
0: right but are we are we really moving onward
1: right you can forget about things you can push them to the side but but how much are you moving moving away from it from what got you stuck
0: right so how is it that we move forward my understanding from you is that your your big thing is uh allowing people to express their voice right that authentic part of them is that correct
1: yeah that's what i i try i you know just to speak to that for a second i always i always find that there are two types of people who do a podcast someone who has a lot to say and someone who can get other people to say a lot <laughs> so i don't necessarily think i have so much to say but i uh Thank God, Baruch Hashem, I have this ability to listen, ability to um, just what you were talking about before, maybe push people in a certain in a certain way, and uh, and the things that come out, the beautiful things that people say, uh, I'm I'm lucky that it happens
0: here. So, okay, do you think people can find their voice in Hashem's Torah? Um.
1: Yes. My. My pause was that it's, it's difficult because when you look at a structure of the Torah, you, you look there's so much to get through before you can find your own voice. There's so much to understand. And then sometimes you get stuck in the sugya, in the understanding, even just the Pasuk and Chumash. You know, before you can ask the question of what is that Pasuk telling me or what do, how do I connect to the Pasuk, you first have to understand what is the Pasuk? What is it saying? What's it telling you? What's the story? So I, 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 that was my pause, is that I think that it's hard to find it through the Torah. But I do think, yeah, of of course, there's a a place for self-expression within that as well.
0: Mm -hmm. So you have to be Amel, Amelus.
1: Before, yeah. Because I think if you skip the Amelus, then you're just saying whatever you want through the Torah. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily truth.
0: Okay. So I found the first time an example that we can find our own voice in Torah. And that is when I opened up the beginning...
1: Well, are we, are we on the same page with voice? What, it, what does it mean to find your own voice in Torah? Yeah. Okay. I think so. Yeah, maybe just give context for the listener so they can okay. understand as well. Like,
0: so I'll, I'll give it away. I thing. mean, this is something I deal with every day, right. but I don't know if everyone when thinks it, about it, this. When, so. it, when a friend comes, to, comes up to you and says, hey, give me a shtickle Torah. I want to hear something. Are you telling it your Torah? Or are you talking about somebody else's Torah? Okay. That
1: that's that that's it. That's beautiful, the ability to digest the Torah, where it's coming out of you as as your own, and not just reading off of a page. And that's you know I always say this with when some when you, when you just mentioned somebody says uh, you know, give me a Dvar Torah. When you looked at the Lekach tov, you know the farm that have just different all different divrei Torah on the parsha, um, how much of that did they? You know, they just read it during Kabbalah Shabbos and now they're just saying it over? Or did they see it and it sparked ideas? And uh, so that's like, it could tell you how much they uh, they believe in their own voice is how much they're just repeating from a sefer and how much they look there. Or can, can they just open a Chumash and read it and find something within that?
0: Mm hmm. Okay. So this is where I found it the first time. Okay. Okay. I opened up because, of course, first times means you should look in beginnings. So here's the beginning of Pierre Avos, which we know Rav Volbe used to call the Jewish handbook. Yeah. So in the first Mishnah, Rab, the Ravina Yoina, he quotes a Gomorrah in Sanhedrin, which says this, Mach right, Esadin. What's he quoting? Havu right? Mesunin We should be slow to judgment. Okay. Oh, What's that yeast? If you know yeast. It takes time. It takes time for the you know, the bread to rise. So machmitzin you We should let it rise. Let it get yeasty. So by way of this of slowly allowing things to unfold. Um and the time, the waiting, that's the hamdana Yoisisvara uh, You you might have initially had an idea, a good svara. But if you wait a little bit, you'll add to it. pull and if you dig, turn it over and over and over again, huh? then you will be able to give a clear and good judgment. <laughs> what you thought you saw the first time around, you get a whole new view. It's a brand new attitude, a brand new way, a brand new perception of what you've been thinking about what's this up to hill here, ki right? for my my heart, it gets, when it's yeasty, and my, well, kidneys here, you know, the kleios are really talking about the mind, the thoughts, right, um, is sharpened. So when I give a little weight, when I pause, give some time, don't jump into anything, then... Uh, my mind is sharpened. I don't know about you, but clarity, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of addicted to clarity. Without it, I get doubts in my mind. And we know that's not good. Okay. okay so after that happened, and I've turned it over and over, I've turned over the Chochma, and we know that Chochma is Torah. Okay. All right. Which is a mischadir, which is sharpened. Wow. Imagine, I, I just understood something that I didn't know before. I didn't know it, but now I know it. That's my slice, my portion in Torah.
1: After letting it sit and after letting it be mischamits, so then you come up with something you didn't see before, that's Chalki.
0: Yeah. And that's you, mine. And as you said, it, it's a lot of work. You have to be, be Amel. Amel yeah, is gotta what work. gets us there. But then it it, it becomes who we are. It's we, we own it. And we can call it our own. That's the point I'm trying to make.
1: Was that was was the the Yonah yona was something that you use, um, in your now that you let it flow over into your practice as well. That's something that this ability to make something your own.
0: Absolutely, and I try and I mean I guess I fancy myself a bit as an educator and a guide. Um, it it definitely um, transplanted itself into the beginning. Of Sefer Tehillim, another beginning, David and Well, we know David and He's always there in the midst of things. He's always stuck. Right. So I looked at Tehillim as the handbook for the unstu- to get unstuck. to get That's unstuck. As beautiful stuck, and many people get unstuck. In different ways, because everyone is an individual, right? And, and my job is to figure out what works best for each person. You know, they, I don't generalize in terms of what what, the, what a person needs. They tell me, you know, they verbalize for me to me what it is they can do in their lives, whether it be hobbies or or uh, just taking a walk or uh, you know, doing Chesed. Chesed, I'd say, is like the second in the rung. On the, in the rungs of uh, the ultimate uh, actions that we can do in order to get unstuck, and uh, and we see from this, King David is telling us Torah, Hashem's Torah is really the highest. And I'll show you. It's
1: interesting. Just before you mentioned that that you you mentioned David and Malach was, you know, the king of getting stuck. Part of my pun there, but. Uh, I I have two sons and I named them uh, Yosef and Yehuda. David is not available to me. It's a family name as well, but it's so I have somebody else who's named David. So, um, but the the Mida of the the where the Torah gave us the human side of a person, um, Yosef and Yehuda are very human in the Torah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They, and just to use the the terms that we're using, they get stuck. We watch them get stuck. We live with them when they get stuck. We we sometimes today live with where they were stuck some of the repercussions of that and they get unstuck and we watch that process of them getting out of it you have Yehuda being moda you have Yehuda admitting that's a, that there's something happened there there was a process that he got out of um, and David Melech speaks to that as well it's the same I mean they're, they're really mm-hmm. very similar in that sense where the Torah allowed us to appreciate the human side of them but this process of getting stuck and getting unstuck and the is full of it if you read it if you read it not just as a you know uh, as a segula, but if you read it and learn Tehillim, you're watching in each almost in each mizmor as he he's going through something, he's processing something, he's showing you where he's stuck and where he gets out, and 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 you think you see uh, the theme in Tehillim is that he, he's getting out with the Torah, that the Torah is the tool which is helping him get out.
0: That's correct.
1: Fascinating. How so?
0: Well, first I don't want to skip over the fact that when you said that Maida was. One of the ways, it's definitely an important way to get unstuck. Because moda, as we know, like hoda, doesn't just mean to be give gratitude and thanks. It also means to accept and to realize. And when we get stuck and realize, that's where we are. You know, I, I've been here before. I recognize this place. and we have been there enough times with experience... We can say to ourselves, huh, I keep finding myself here, and you know what? I don't like it. So what should I do next? So I, this is so close to my heart, I can't even, can't even tell you. So Tafan starts with his Tilem. With Asher Ish, Asher lo halach batz esoshoim, chatoim y'amad, Most people like to translate Ashrei Ha'ish as fortunate is the one. Okay, fortunate is the one. Praiseworthy is the one who uh, has not listened and gone the way of the advice of the Rishayim, or gone the path of the Chatoim that. They haven't even stood on that path along with them. and and they didn't join the scorners or the antagonists in their groups. <clears throat> so, Asher Ha'ish. As I said, uh, many, Mephorshim um, translate Asher Ha'ish as the fortunate. You know, fortunate is the one, or praiseworthy is the one. You know, Asher Ha'ish. But... Uh, what's
1: well, even what I Praiseworthy. Yeah. Even. Even. (laughs) It even says it there, right?
0: Um, The the Rav Hirsch, though, says that the uh, word asher, the shorish, alef shinresh, is usually um, referring to uh, a step, a step forward, a progressing, a striding forward, a moving forward, and translates it as forward strides the person who does not go or has not gone in the path of the uh, advice of, the, of um, the wrongdoers and has not even stood in the way of Chataim the, the way they go uh, first also says, Lo Ahmad here doesn't have to mean that he didn't stand there, meaning he didn't stop along the way because forward moving is this person. He says, even those people who do stop, Lo Ahmad means they don't stay there. They don't stick around and wallow in it. They figure out that they should just keep moving on, move forward and to sit around with antagonistic people who like you know, to speak Lashon Hora about people and to sit around, literally sit down with them you know, at your leisure. Moshav. Yeah.
1: Moshav Litzim, yeah.
0: yeah. To listen to their rigmarole. You no, know, the one who moves forward does not do this. Ki'im betayres Hashem chetzev. For it's because it's Hashem's Torah He desires. He seeks. Rav Hirsch says that this word chefetz, chefzo here, is stronger than the word chipes, to really search for something. Chefzo, he says, is more like establishing a goal and seeking, pursuing to fulfill that goal. So, with Hashem's Torah, he has purpose and has a goal. And in his Torah, he meditates, he thinks deeply about uh, both day and night. So, who's Toira? Torah does this person meditate and ponder on at length during day and night?
1: I, I always, now I'm, I'm, I'm feeling this is not going to be the answer, but I always thought it was Hashem's Torah. Yeah.
0: And you're right, because many before Hashem say that. But Rashi, Rashi says it's the forward-moving person. Beautiful. It is his Torah that when we are amel, Yes, he uses that word. And when we work and toil in Torah, and we turn it over and over again, it becomes our own. And we, all day and all night, we can be amel, and ponder our own Torah. V'hayal ke'ech shasul al palgi ma'im. And this person will be like a tree which is planted. mine, which are on streams, different brooks, streams of water, meaning that the Torah herself is like a, this beautiful pool of water that, that the tree, that this person is like the tree who has firmly grounded and planted. And I imagine with two feet... And this person is like a tree that is planted on different brooks or streams of water. And yes, I imagine that the Torah, which we do refer to as maim, is like this beautiful pool of water. that The tree that this person who moves forward and reaches this destination this is where they are firmly grounded and planted. And I always imagine that they are standing with two feet on the ground. It's just like when Hashem blew into Adam and nostrils, the Nishmas Chaim, he, he was only called Etzelim Elohim once he stood on his two feet. So I imagine this person standing, rooted, on the bank of palgeimai, bifurcations, different branches of opportunity in the realm of Tyra. Which stream is this person going to be on? Well, he's standing right at the beginning. And that his fruit he will see in the right season. Meaning the fruits of his labor, of his efforts towards seeking and learning. Torah, Hashem's Torah and His Torah. Okay, he will see the fruits of his labor. and and the leaf, the leaf even on this tree won't won't even wither. It won't dry up. It's not seasonal, in that sense. Right. It, it's a it's a, beyond um, what we ever could imagine, and the Meforshim say that this is really talking about the Talmudic Chachamim and the Tzaddikim that even in their times of leisure, that like people, you know, at the end of the day, after sitting in Koilah all day or at work all day, they they go come home sit around, or they go out with their friends. Right? And they schmooze. They schmooze about. And even that schmoozing, which is the, the leisurely talk of this person who moves forward, who has the goal, this particular goal, even their stam speaking in their time of leisure, that's also accepted like Torah.
1: Right, the Gemara says that even when they just talk. You know, so that's yeah. just talking. Needs you have, to, you have to pay attention. You have to think. There's some, they're saying something.
0: Right. It's
1: and it's it, true when you have somebody who's moving forward. You have somebody who's alive and constantly moving. So then, you want to hear how they relate to X, to Y, everything, A, B, C, and anything is interesting, even if it's not scripture itself.
0: Right. I like you. Th- I like that you said the word alive. I want to get back to that. That's a very important word to me we'll just finish this off, because, here, they translate, that everything he does, he succeeds in, that's nice, but, Avchor says, no, it's not as simple as that, what it really means, is that, all of this effort, that he puts in, he, sees, the efforts, come to, a conclusion, meaning, as you say, you love the process, We've been talking about the process, but there also has to be a follow-through. There's always a conclusion at some point, and this person succeeds at concluding and finishing things.
1: Right, but it's difficult, because not necessarily are the people who are forward-moving people the most successful. They're not necessarily the way we define success, perhaps. So it could be you can redefine success and then see yetzliach that'll be successful. That's I mm-hmm. think I think the process is you know finishing each part of the process and starting over or doing something again like like the year you know continues it goes on and on. It's each year you get the, the same chag the same shavuos the same pesach, but if you progress and you were and you moved on so then that's there's a certain hatslacha there. Yes, it's the same shavuos. No, Mashiach didn't come. We didn't change the whole system. But the process becomes deeper. The process becomes more important. That, that's, that's what I... We just redefine yetzliach. But is, that, is do you Can you understand that? Is that something that you...
0: Yes. As, as long as we are persistent and we finish things, we, we see the follow-through. Because we, we, we need... Everyone needs to feel productive. Everyone needs to feel like they're accomplishing things and um it seems that structure is what allows people to achieve that um we would this is sort of the the greater structure that we're talking about here but you know even school or work or um just being able to plug ourselves into even external structures can be very helpful
1: can we get lost in those
0: Absolutely. You know, if if those structures aren't, you know, perfect in terms of how you know, how they're they're built, and where we fit in it, but I, I guess I guess I'd say, no matter what that structure is, it's not. It's never going to be perfect, and we always have to look and try really hard to find ourselves in it, and if we don't maybe it is okay then to move on and find another one. But I would not recommend anyone who has not made that effort to move on to find a new structure. Because moving from one structure to another is what I call the danger zone.
1: While you're moving, while you're switching over, right?
0: Right. But if you were to tell me... I know we moved to this neighborhood, and we've been here for a number of years, and we've made a real effort to become a part of the community and get involved, and it's just, I just don't see it working, but I hear of another community that we've gone to. I've taken my family, taken my wife, taken my family, Uh, we've gone there for Shabbos, we've gone there during the week, we've even sat in the park to see what kind of people come to the park in the middle of the day, you know, who walks by, and we've talked to people, I've even spoken to a Rav at length, and I feel like, you know, that might be a good place for us. Then I'm not concerned. Because once we have that goal in mind, we know we already feel good, about where we're headed, then I don't think the danger is going to be there. It's only when we think, oh, I'm just going to go with the flow. I'm just going to let the universe, as we say today, right? Let the universe take me away. Take me there. Um, Well, I can promise you this. Whatever a person was struggling with in in the location they were in and whatever discomfort they were having and the concerns, the daily concerns they had, they will find them in their new place. They will be bringing them along with them. Right.
1: So when you, when you look at this, um, this capital and Tehillim and you see this framework of a person who's able to get out and be unstuck and be alive, like we spoke about, or we will speak about, um, you, you now take that and you, you understand that that's that's giving us really a framework that's giving us a structure and it could be used when you mentioned but Torah soyaga right that, that and then we we said that that was a goal having a goal so it could really be it could be applied to now anything it's true the ultimate goal is Torah is growth maybe spiritual growth but um, if a person has uses that and even just takes it takes takes that framework and puts it to his own life and say okay maybe my goal is not necessarily Torah, but if I use that framework that David Amalekh is, is putting in front of us, so now I pick a goal, and that's a way to stay alive, and that's a way to get, be forward, the, the ashray, the moving forward. Is that, is that true, or do you feel that it's specifically yeah. with Torah?
0: Well, that's correct. Uh, it, it should be um, cross-pollinated in that way, absolutely. And that's what I do and help people with, uh, because, yeah, not everyone is that solid in this path, and, and I get that. Yeah.
1: Well, then I understand also why why you see such beauty from the Torah in terms of psychology, because now you see you've been able to learn the psukim and learn really the, the, the structure here and take it and apply it to other places. So then, yeah, that, that sort of hits you in the face. It's like, whoa, that's beautiful that the Torah is giving us the Torah David HaMelech. And, and through uh, through the psukim, which we, we just change your perspective a little bit and you learn it in a little different way, You can you can now get... Real life advice, real structure. And then something else you spoke about was, and and we're sort of hitting on it, but the it's almost like the paradox of habits. That habits you need habits so badly to keep you routine and to keep you to keep let, allow your mind to focus on things that are important and not on the trivial things. You don't focus on how you put your shoes on unless the halacha dictates, but you don't necessarily focus on those things. You just habit you put them you do them you don't you don't think about it, but then you always have. You then you can go through life just being habitual and everything is habit and you don't think you know in yeshiva they used to ask us do you know how many stalls there are in the bathroom do you know how many stairs there are from floor one to two and the point was that we, we get so routine that we forget that we're we're walking upstairs right. forget where what stall were you we're, for, we're just we live not in the present we're Maybe. not cognizant of what's going on in front of us so it's, yeah. I find that for myself I build structure and I build processes and then those are the things that come and bite me later. Because I become like a slave to them. Hard yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so there definitely there are different signs that, and I'm sure you're aware of them, when we get stuck in uh, our MO, yeah, the modus operandi, what we got, that old way of doing things. All of a sudden, we start feeling a little bit off, a little bit lost, a little bit down confused and again we're here again how did I get here I thought I put so much effort into creating this structure so this wouldn't happen and then I had the goals to attain but something something is telling me that it must be time to move on to do take that next step to create that new structure in order to move forward. And it's that lack of fulfillment that people talk about. Or they don't feel alive. And, and that's why I want to talk about being the whole feeling of, of being alive. This might sound a little crazy, but that was the question for my thesis when I was in graduate school. What is the experience of feeling alive? You know, feeling hyphen alive. And it was a, a, a heuristic research uh, approach, which meant, just means that I involved myself in the research, and I called the, the people that I spoke with, co-researchers. And I was so taken aback because not, not that people would tell me what it meant for them to feel alive, but how much time in their life they told me when they didn't feel alive.
1: Fascinating. That's great. It's hard for them to depict and say, like communicate that, the positive feeling of feeling alive, but they definitely know when they don't. Yeah. Fascinating.
0: I had one person tell me he was had a terrible marriage for like 20 years and and he just doesn't remember much of that entire period. He was almost numb, not feeling a thing. And now he could say well compared to that i i feel so incredibly alive and that's what everyone wants we all want to feel alive
1: it's funny now when i think of myself saying that i say that a lot this person's so alive i tell my wife this person's alive it's always with and i catch myself but now i now i realize what i'm saying I always say this person's alive and my wife is, she questions me what does it mean alive I say they're moving forward i always say that they're moving they're going somewhere does it doesn't have to be and, and I meet people from all different, you know, going different places, but they're going somewhere. When you have someone who's ready to go somewhere, you can work with them. They're a person. They're alive. You have people who are just, people who are from, who are not alive. People who are not from, who are not alive. People who, in, in people who are successful, who are not alive. People who are not successful. Are not, you have it everywhere. Yeah. Um, you have, and, and you have people who don't look successful who are alive. You know, they may not have the things that we've deemed uh, as successful. And, and they're alive. They're moving. There was, there's something going on, and that's, I always say that, they're so alive, they're moving, they're going. Yeah. Where? doesn't matter. They're going, they're moving, and that's right. the, that's the sign for me, that someone's alive.
0: Yeah, and these people always seem, to me, to be much more interesting. <laughs> that's true. Uh, the, um, like, they have personality. It's exciting to be around people like that. Absolutely.
1: What you've basically explained here, I would say to sum it up, is that you've explained this process of you have this mindset of growth, this mindset of moving forward. you can now look into the Torah and see how that becomes how how there's processes also in the Torah for us or or structure framework maybe for us to also get out of getting stuck and I would assume that this is basically the build up to your book but to your practice and to to who you are as a human being that you you look in these two places to get uh to constantly, if you're ever stuck or you're helping people get unstuck, that's where you're looking. You're looking both at maybe it's now one, but you're looking at the psychology of the Torah and and of of uh, the scripture and of the Torah. So that's what I understand from you. Okay. So we can bring that, you know, into into the book. We can bring that into your practice. You can or wherever. Okay. If you have more things you want you want to add, I do want
0: to share this um, this quote in the Nevi'im because. You're you're such a proponent for having a voice, and everyone. And I told the story about the, the tzaddik in my community, who's always in conversation. And let's hope I can read it because I, I wrote it. This is, these are my, my scribbly notes here. So the Nefesh Chaim says this. In the very moment that a person is Isaac Busy, learning, down here. Kol teva shemaytzi mepiv hen hen advarim yoitzim keviyachol gam mepiv yisvorach ba oise ha eis mamish. So every letter, every word that this person is learning, in verbally speaking it out loud, huh, it's like the words that Hashem is speaking uh, in that very moment so I take it as this that when we're learning lima de kaidish and we speak out the words and unlike and I say very much like the antagonist in us, that when it fills our mind with certain messages and negative ideas, it almost sounds like our own voice speaking to us in our minds. So I'd say so too here when I hear my own voice speaking Hashem's words of Torah, I'm hearing my own voice, but according to nefer Chaim, to, to Rav Chaim here, Hashem is speaking in my ear. Hashem is learning this Torah with me. We are in conversation together. I don't know if I captured that properly.
1: No, that's terrific. And how do, how do you think that's connected, finding your own voice in general about with getting unstuck is that the that's the core of it it seems like you're pushing but how do you if you could speak
0: to that for a moment well i think it's important to talk about what that stuckness is and where it comes from and why i think if someone someone were to ask me oh what kind of you know what kind of clients do you work with you know what what are their problems now, what, what is, what is the, the main problem that you see in your practice? And I would say, well, clinically, I, I might say, um, well, I see a lot of dissociative behavior, depersonalized uh, personality disorders. Okay. Which means that when people aren't feeling so much like themselves, They're feeling beside themselves. They feel lost and confused, down, anxious, um, lack impulse control. Um, It's because they just don't feel so much like themselves in that moment. And it does help to point out that really they're just being that aspect of themselves that doesn't like being themselves in that moment.
1: It's got, it's got to be you because it's there. Right, right.
0: Who else is there? Mm-hmm. Who else? You know, I, I, I do that when people first come into my office. You know, I try to get them to be present with me. Like, oh, so you, you've been feeling anxious. Well, how long has this been going on for? Oh, so that's been uh, a number of years. Uh, you know, well, even if it's just a few weeks or months, I mean, it seems like you've been at it for a while. Maybe maybe you're getting something from it. Right? Maybe you're benefiting from doing it. You know, we have a principle that the uh, Chazal, the Chazal has, has taught us, which is, wow. That a person doesn't do anything wrong if he doesn't see a benefit in it.
1: Wow, I love that. I love where you're taking that, yeah.
0: Okay. So, who am I to say that your addiction isn't good for you? That that habit isn't right for you? Who am I to say that you need to change or get rid of that behavior or the, that, those negative thought patterns that you're describing? I don't see that to be my job. You could convince me that it actually has purpose in your life. But there are negative
1: you know, behaviors, are there not?
0: Sure, we can call them negative, but you might see something positive in that negative behavior that you don't want to get rid of. And maybe it's a percentage game, and we could go there, talk about... Okay. A balance
1: game. Yeah. Percentage game, okay. Yeah. Like, huh. But you get to a certain point where if you're at addictions, so then you're, you know, even your percentage game is off. I mean, you're, it's too much to have... To now battle and or it's spilling over into other parts of your life, so that's an interesting point that you you're not is that is that what you're saying
0: i'm saying that that person might be addicted to smoking and keeps telling me that it's killing him and I say what well, but you keep smoking so what am i what do you want from me? What do you want me to do for you? It seems to me that you tell me that you don't like it and it's killing you, but for some reason, every time you come back, you've told me, I broke down, I had this pack of cigarettes, uh, I, uh, just, I'm out of control. Okay. Well, let's get down into it. Why would somebody want to feel so out of control like that? Well, maybe it's because it makes them feel alive.
1: Cool, cool, cool. I, I hear that it, it could be taken. I mean, maybe I took it the wrong way, but now I understand that, that what you are saying. That's you are getting to the root of it. The root is this need to control, alive, to do something, feel right.
0: accomplished, succeed at something. All right, That's, the cigarette's a good, good example, right? That first hit or finishing that whole first cigarette. Ah, it's a person has a self, you know, sense of accomplishment. And they feel good in the moment. And they always tell me they feel awful when it's over.
1: In the moment, good after bad.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we have this inner hunger that goes back to the Briyasa Sa'olim that Hashem stucked into this world that is... We call it deficiency, lacking, something's missing. I mean, Hashem seems to be missing. If I didn't know where to look, I might not be able to find him. And that empty place is a pocket filled with untapped potential. It's just burning, trying to actualize itself. And that's what everyone wants. They want to realize themselves in this world, they want to un- I tap into that, that great creative energy and express who they are, share their voice and their message in this world. And, yeah, getting stuck just means that it's been closed up, encapsulated, and that creates a vacuum. And that vacuum creates a crazy tension. Crazy tension. Well, I, I just do one. I'm going to share one thing about myself. Is that uh, early on, when I, when I got into graduate school, I chose a, per, a very specific school because I knew that I would start, be able to start doing the work immediately. And that's exactly what happened. I, uh, I was pretty cocky. You know, I thought I could handle working with people, and literally within a week of school, I was working in a counseling center, seeing people face-to-face. And uh, I think the reason why I thought so highly of myself is that I had a certain uh, gift. And at that time, I would call that gift the the ability to to understand and know what exists in... uh, Everyone's heart. Um, Today, maybe I would label myself and other people like me as as an empath. Um, But I would define it differently. And what happened was when I was in graduate school, they told me that the way to get to know someone is by opening up your own heart and bringing them in to your heart. And I just couldn't relate to it. I mean, I'm stepping into other people's hearts. I don't need to open mine and stick them inside of me. And to the point where I got lost at times, didn't know where I was, didn't know who I was. It's a little scary way of doing things. But as I told uh, the couple that I was working with last night, it's just not true. There's no way that I could know what exists in your heart. As an empath, I might know that you're having feelings. That you're not calm. And that there is something happening for you that you might even be down. I like to describe it as, and I'm sure you've had this experience where you're in a room alone. And there's, your back is to the door and somebody walks in. And you feel them. You sense that they're there. You don't know who they are. Right. Yeah. So... I shared this with them last night. Which is something we learned in Kedoshim not so long ago. And one thing I love about this country, like in Yerushalayim, when I get on the bus, this Pesach, right there, up at the front. Mipnei seva takum, It stops there. We should stand up before older people and uh, this Hadarta this Hidur which is also apparently standing up before a uh, an elderly person Why why that? And you should fear your your God I'm Hashem So Rashi says this says Maybe we should think that this we're talking about someone who is uneducated. It doesn't know Torah. Should we include them in this? Talmud lo no, Zakin. Zaken. we're talking about a zaken. Ein That's the person who's walking around with Torah. Okay. And then, what is this hidur? And we said, oh, maybe it's standing up. Not to sit in that person's place. And they seem to add in brackets, not to speak in, in, in for them. I think you're saying, I'll speak for you. And don't go against the words. Don't contra- contradict them. This is the point here. And this person could act in a way where they close their eyes as if they didn't see that or that elderly person. That's why the Pesach has to say you have to fear Hashem. And that this matter, meaning what this person has done, is handed over into his heart, his or her heart, they know. Only that person knows. Every time it says something like that in the Torah, we have to be told, you have to have your shemaim, Because there's no way a husband and a wife, or two friends, or a parent and their children, they could never know what is really going on in the, in their heart the only way to know is by asking
1: thank you for listening to uh, beyond the book this was itself I think this could be this uh, conversation that we had it could be on uh, autoplay or just replay uh, many many times this is a muster safer this is a safer that gets you this the podcast itself just the, the hearing hearing your words could really uh lift a person up and if you're looking for more um, and you're interested then there's a wonderful book that Robert Frankel wrote it's called The Wisdom of Getting Unstuck and it's beautiful Um, just also this interplay between where or how the Torah teaches us and bringing it out from from the Torah and from the wisdom of the Torah that uh, we too can be alive and we can live moving forward and live moving towards a goal and that's uh that's something really beautiful about this book and. As I always say, that the the success of the podcast is if I if I walk away and I say I'm going to read that book, I got to read that book because when I understand you and I understand where it's coming from and I understand the process that went into um to the ideas of the book, then it just connects me to it and it makes it it makes it so much more real for me. So I appreciate uh, you coming on here and I appreciate you. We'll put the links. Everything will be in the show notes. So if you're listening, um, you either watching this on YouTube or, or listening to it on the pod. Then you can find it in the in the show notes. You can get it through mosaica You can also get it through Amazon, and it'll all be there. So thank you very much for joining us. And uh...
0: pleasure and an honor. And people should know that in my bio, I have my email address, and uh, people can always do a 15-minute free Zoom appointment with me. Um, I offer that quite a bit. Just to get to know me, you know, see if we're a good fit, good match. Um, That's the, I think the best way to move forward.
1: Amazing. Okay. Thank you.